Hello and welcome to the Goof Zone. I am Jackson Tyler. It's a short little introduction today. Uh, trigger warnings are not anything too substantial. We are talking about public anxiety later, uh, or public depression, or just when uh, your mental state needs coping mechanisms in a public place. So we talk about that. We do talk about depression and anxiety and uh, autism and uh, social anxiety and friendship and everything, but there's nothing uh, as heavy as last time. Uh, So just letting you know. So thank you very much for downloading, and I hope you enjoy the Goof Zone. Yeah. Nothing more to say. Let's go. Lincoln Park are founding a venture capital firm. What? Are you for real? <laughs> this is totally real. This is what? happening. Lincoln Park are getting into funding venture capital things. That they are investing in Lyft, a competitor to Uber, in just being awful at life. Uh, they uh, invested in like a trendy coffee cup that tells the time. So, oh. fuck you, Dad. You don't understand. <laughs> To what end? Were they just like tired of being a band and they're like, it's time to be a corporation? I assume no one's buying Linkin Park records anymore because it's 20 goddamn 15. Grow up. (laughs) And what are you going to do but fund garbage taxi companies that rip off all their workers and lead to widespread unemployment in cities? Good point. Welcome to the Goof Zone. I'm Jackson. And I'm Destiny. Hi. Hello. Um, I had an off-the-mic argument with uh, a friend of the show, Matthew Marco, as he was writing in to say, what does what does he call us? What are, what are we? What is our collective podcast name? What do you I mean? To- like, he was like, are you Zoners? And I was like, we're not Zoners. Oh, we're Goofs. We're Goofs. Thank you. Thank you. I said presidents of the goof zone. <laughs> goof prezes. Co prezes of goof. Presidents goof ratus. I don't know. That's my joke. <laughs> That's it. That's a bit of a joke there. But welcome. Episode two's here. We did it. We made it. Commanders and goof. <laughs> uh, sorry. Commanders um, and goof. <laughs> you threw off my thing. Um, you were doing so well. Episode two, yay! Episode two, yay! Welcome. Second hey. episode, you did it. We're number two. Ah, <laughs> uh, next time, yeah, uh, we can sing. Uh, what's this? Three is the magic number. Sorry, I forgot. Two. No, can be three. as bad as one, two can but be it's as the loneliest <laughs> number since the number one. It's true. We never did. Did we make that joke last week? We might have. I, I don't did. think we did. Oh, we fucked up. We done screwed up. It's not okay. You know what? What? We we did it in this episode, so, you know, it makes up for it, right? That's how it works. Uh, anything time scheduled, whatever, done late, still counts. Oh, yeah. Just, I don't know, ask, insert, joke, tag, 
Is that what they call it? It's a tag, right? Yeah, it's a tag. It's a tag, yeah. Good. I didn't give a tag. I just said, put a tag there and imagine it was really funny. You tagged your tag. Thank you. How was your week? Uh, It was tumultuous. Mm-hmm. I have a really, really, really big extended family. My grandmother had nine kids. No, no, no. Excuse me. Seven kids. My great-grandmother had nine kids. Um, and like all her kids have kids and they're starting to have kids and so on and so forth. And on Sunday, one of my uncles went into the hospital. He had to have a thing removed. And then on Monday, one of my aunts had some sort of fallout. Like she collapsed and there were, there was bleeding on the brain and they found a growth in the back of her neck and there was talk of lesions. She's, she's doing much better she's about to have surgery uh but uh wednesday morning my little sister who is 24 years old and about oh seven months pregnant woke up and she was bleeding everywhere she had no pain but she was just bleeding everywhere so she had to go into the hospital she's fine it wasn't anything serious the baby's fine it was this is really gross but are you ready for this um, I can handle this. Her placenta broke into a little piece and dun 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 bled all over. Yeah, you're ready for this. Yeah, so yeah, her placenta. She she has a low uterus, and apparently, if you move around a lot and your uterus is low, sometimes your placenta just kind of breaks off a little bit. And it makes a bl- big bloody mess. And I really liked Low Uterus's first mixtape. But... <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the best rappers we've got. Yeah, people don't often appreciate Low Uterus for what he does. Nope. Underrated. Okay. That sounds horrifying. Yeah, I'm never having kids that way. If I have them. It, like, <laughs> I'll, if I have them, I'll buy them like decent folk. Yep. You'll go to the sh- kid shop. Yep. Kid so, Mart. Well, one one child. One child, please. Does, is that on Prime? One child, please? Yeah. I think so. Will they deliver it on Prime? I mean. Oh, oh, As Amazon a thing Prime. You buy. Yeah. Free shipping. Free shipping. And we're on they the same to, page here. <laughs> they have to put holes in the box. <laughs> it's really well, hot, though, for a yeah. child to be shipped. It's like 90 degrees out today. So they should probably ship the children in winter. It's true. Uh, that's 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 why children are mostly born in winter more than summer. Is that true? It, yeah, it, uh, they ship them from Amazon, and um, they like they pack them all into the van, and it's really yeah. No, I I think the reason is just people. Spring is the common mating time, I assume. I just know that most people see, most kids seem to be born in like November, Octoberish when I was at school. That was the most common time. Everyone was packed into the first term births. Pop-up video taught me. Do you know what that is? What's... No. Oh, you're 21 in British. Okay, pop-up video is this really great... <laughs> Do you know what VH1 is? Oh, I've heard of it. Shit. It's it's, it's, it's like uh, MTV for MTV. boring grown-ups. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I do know that. I like, know it that. used to be. Now it's just reality show central. They brought mm. us Flavor of Love, The Surreal Life. But anyway, back when I was coming up... You mean days, the one with Flavor Flav? Yeah. Oh God, I've never seen it, but God, <laughs> I watched. I watched a little bit. Anyway, uh, so anyway, uh, VH1 
back in the 90s used to show this great video like half hour trivia show called well I guess it wasn't it was trivia in the sense not like someone asking questions but pop-up video they would they would show a music video and then pop up facts throughout the video either directly related to it or marginally related like for instance um the fact I'm about to share I learned this from a Whitney Houston video because her birthday was in August and the pop-up was that more babies are born in August than any other month. But I don't know oh. if that's just a United States thing or even if that's actually true. Because I know a lot of that show was probably just not true. I know the... I'm told that lots of babies are born in the same, like around the same time in November-ish because everyone has sex on Valentine's Day, but that sounds like something that was true in the 30s. Yeah, I don't think that's true. Isn't true now. Like, if that ever was a fact, that's irrelevant now. So all the things I know are wrong and bad. Exactly. Oh, so my week was pretty bad. I was pretty upset about everything Mm -hmm. because just people being in hospitals is upsetting. Agreed. Worried about everybody's health and... Mm -hmm. Uh, but everything seems to be, like, way, way winding down. So I just talked to my aunt today. She seems well. That's good. How was your week? Um, sorry, I had to stop to silently yawn there, because I'm recording this at one in the morning. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize. I keep forgetting we're six hours apart. I just got home from work, and you just got home from midnight. Yep. Uh, I was just filling everyone's timeline with garbage. I enjoy your tweets. I, that was a dig at people who tweet uh, at midnight hashtags. Oh, yep. I got it. I just Thank got you. it. On it. Yeah. So Hashtag if that's you, ruin a movie. Calling you out. Calling you out. That's what that's I think what of say. at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> More like at poop night. <laughs> poop midnight. <laughs> Chat like, midnight. <laughs> Jeez. Shite midnight. Midshite. Nah, nah. Midshite. <laughs> mid-shite. It's like a village in Worcestershire. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even Worcestershire. Worcestershire is what fucking Americans call it. It's Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Or Leicestershire is the best one because they don't know how to pronounce Leicester. So it's like Leicestershire. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, it's great. Leicestershire. So my week was... Hmm. I, f- I feel like everyone decided to have a terrible week all at once. Yeah. No, you're right. Because I saw a lot of that going around. Because, one, things are bad in the world. Oh, they're horrible. I didn't even talk about that. Nope. Like, but that's happening. And then on top of that, all the people we know, everyone's just having it in a bad way this week. Things are going wrong everywhere. So, uh, y- you need to start, like... Using your witch powers for good. I try. I just, you know, you can't perform magic on people without their consent. So this if, never happens to me before. If everybody sends a self-addressed stamped envelope mm-hmm. with the word yes or no to my P.O. box. <laughs> how, how terrified will you be if you just receive unmarked letters with no? <laughs> it's like an art project. <laughs> Very Yoko wake out one morning. Oh, let's let's see what's come through the letterbox today. Bend <laughs> down, pick it up. No. 
There's four of these. <sighs> Only four people. I asked the entire world to send them in. Well, only four people said no, and no one said yes. That mm. means seven billion minus four people don't know you exist. <laughs> Just edit the Price is Right losing horn noise in there. But yeah, the week was... So yesterday I was too depressed to record the depression podcast that we do here. Oh, that happened, uh, yes. That happened. I was We're there like... for that. <laughs> oh god, on the cool, ready to record it. And like, what are you going to talk about? Oh, I'm going to talk about this. Oh, this. And oh god. Oh, it's okay. I know. I know. It's fine. Well, uh, did you but... uh, make phone calls about your mental health today? Uh, no. Oh, I was um, gonna. I'm doing for the listeners tomorrow. What tell so... tell the listeners? Uh, tell I the just... goofs. Tell the goofs. Hey, fellow goofs, my fellow. <laughs> My fellow Goof Marians, <laughs> um, lend me your ears. I was just feeling overwhelmed with everything. I had stuff to do. I'm feeling trapped at home at the moment. Lots of life stuff I can't control, which I feel like is a big thing of everyone I know. Because everyone I know is poor. Uh, I don't know anyone rich. And honestly... I don't want to, but the side effect of that is that everyone I know is struggling constantly and doesn't feel like they have any control over anything in their lives. Uh, and I was in one of those like crises, and it came from somewhere really small. Like it started because I, I bought a PlayStation Four. I can't afford one, but never mind that. I bought one because I'm fuck you. I'm poor. I saved up. It's fine. I'm allowed to have things. No, no uh, one's accusing you. <laughs> no, I I know, but. Uh, the I often get insecure about having things as someone who doesn't actually have any money. Like, the fact I bought something with the little money I had means I must not be poor anymore. Because that's an attitude. People that. have it. It's super gross. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I got that. And then, like, the, the it heats up a lot and it has to be on my desk. It basically burns my leg slowly. Uh and they're like releasing a new model or something and it's it's just went wrong in tiny ways and that little thing going wrong in the context of this is an expensive thing why can't this just work started to pile onto every insecurity i had about the way my life is going at the moment and exploded in a uh, uh one of the things like i said was to cool up the mental health service that I've got therapy with but they haven't contacted me in six months so I haven't been because they meant to call me so I need to go chase that down because I feel like I've been forgotten alright you know just do it when you're ready yeah I'm going to do it tomorrow I, 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 I did do stuff I checked out the student finance stuff which I understand what's going on there I feel a bit more in control of things but not that much hey a little bit goes a long way yeah. And yeah. That was yesterday. It was fun. Good time. Good we... time being upset. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm not very good at being upset. What are the rules? Like when I'm upset, I'm super upset and I can't I'm bad at like escaping being upset and walking out of it. 
I don't think there's such thing as bad. You're bad at like recovering from your upsets. It sounds like you want to say. Yeah. Mm, well, it takes practice. It's not just something you can do automatically. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've never like really worked on it. Like, if you kind of just let everything spiral. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't let it spiral. It just does spiral. Like it's still. Like I feel like I don't have a choice. Mm. No, it doesn't have to spiral. I mean, it might spiral a little, but you can, you can uh, distract yourself, or maybe mm-hmm. that's the thing you need to work on. Yeah, I don't know, but that that was that was this week in terms of brains. How are you feeling today? Feeling a bit better today. Uh, didn't really do anything different. Played some Metal Gear. Mm. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. He doesn't do that. I have a hernia. <laughs> help me. Somebody, my, please help. My name is Snake. This is my voice now. Why is he Southern? I don't... No, this isn't a Southern accent. <laughs> now you're sounding British. <laughs> yeah, I was always doing a kind of old British man. Now I'm Gandalf. <laughs> I can't do an accent that stays in the same place. It always goes walkabouts. It's pretty pretty funny, actually. You can't track the destination or launching point of my, the accent. My not accent cannot be tamed. Not unlike a Metal Gear. Oh, thank you. Hey, brought it Ran around. Yeah. Soft applause. Full circle. Thank you. Uh, only the tightest of routines here. At Goof Zone HQ. Metal Gear Solid is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, True Detective's happening now, season two, and I just want to say that I feel so good for just not watching it in the first place because I thought it looked like trash and I feel like I have been vindicated. Oh, really? I want to see the first season. I heard good things. I'm I heard curious. good things, but I was like, this looks like sad man has sex with woman he hates drama of the HBO variety that I don't care about in any way, shape, or form. And it looked like faux, pretentious bullshit. And uh, that's a bad criticism. I don't want to say, like, I'm against things having aspirations. It looked like the specific kind of dude bro-y literature major. I feel like I'm insulting people. Do you know what I mean, though? Uh, It just wasn't your cup of tea. Yeah, it was prestige television extreme, I guess. Um, I get that vibe from it, but I still wanted to see it. I, I'm one of those people, I'm, when there's like a thing that everybody talks about, I'm curious. Like, I, me, I have to know. Me too, but it's probably bad, probably unhealthy, call it what you will. But I felt good when season two came out and it was apparently all trash. Mmm, schadenfreude. Yeah. <laughs> schadenfreude. <laughs> Chaden Frode. Chaden Frodo. Chaden Frilda. Chaden Frilda is my uh, best friend from German class. <laughs> She's a native of Munich. Mm-hmm. Please list more things you know about Germany. How long can you keep this going? Oh, I can do this. Okay. Um, Kristallnacht okay. was that awful thing the Nazis did. Um, uh, yeah, they yeah. don't like ice in their drinks. <laughs> Everything is wunderbar. Uh, uh, Edelweiss, Edelweiss. <laughs> uh, 
Berlin Berlin Wall Berlin Wall Berlin and Berlin Wall are two different things East and West Berlin East End Boys West End Girls Berlin edition yeah um David Hasselhoff in that keyboard scarf I almost said Harvey Keitel he has nothing to do with Germany he looks German Keitel sounds Germanish. yeah I wouldn't be surprised if Keitel was like the German word for like water pitcher he has a, like a certain facial harshness to him that is that area of Europe. Whoa, what you saying about German faces? No, I'm, oh no, I don't. I'm cutting this part out. I'm don't, I don't want to be racist against Germany. You know what? They can take it. <laughs> they dished you, it out. You, you know what minute. I mean, though. Like facial harshness. No, I get it. To, to even I, it out, I, I think all British people look like birds. <laughs> Except for you, because you're really cute. But like, thank you. Most of y'all look like birds. I, I don't mean facial harshness in like a bad way. I mean like they had the, the hard faces. He's seen like, things. I've seen, yeah. Harvey Keitel. I don't. I don't re- mean like no. I don't mean like rugged eyes, and I just mean like the angular. And you do. You do. Oh, I'm digging myself into a, a hole of fear just right now. Keep talking. <laughs> but you know, it's okay. It's okay. We'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs>
what if we didn't talk about Family Guy? <laughs> It'd be a much better life. I'd rather talk about Linkin Park some more. Um, the event. Let me look up what the venture capitalist firm is called. Are they doing it for the betterment of our males? Because I know they're like gross and. They want to be alpha, and they don't think that you're alpha enough. Because we were wondering where they, what they had been up to last time we recorded, and it sounds like they've just been slowly turning into MRAs, or at least the official band of MRAs. It's called Machine Shop. It is described as an innovation company and focuses on engaging with non-traditional business partnerships. That is such a brand paragraph, like the uh, most marketing... It's called Marketing McBranderson, <laughs> and buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. Jargon, 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 jargon of the jungle. I, I, I don't. None of that goes in. Like I hear all that, and I don't understand it. I've become so numb to jargon. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Thank you. Do we have a topic this week? Do we have a thing? We got um, a thing to talk about. I think we do. It's a little something called social anxiety. Are you going to have like a little stinger like that? Want me to introduce no. it? That'd be cool. No. That sounded really disco. That was the sting from The Incredibles. Oh, like I remember that movie. I've seen it once. No, I, I I didn't expect anyone else to remember it. I was like, I know I got that from somewhere. Oh, okay. Where did I get it from? That's <laughs> the Incredibles. Da, 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 da. Anyway. It's pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Good job. I like your little trill. Well, it does the little trill, and then it goes into like a s- slow, not slow, like a jazzier bit. So it's social good. anxiety. The Incredibles score is really good. <laughs> I just want to let you all know. No, it's all right. I believe you. Okay. So, yes, you were saying social anxiety, you know, when you're in public mm-hmm. and or public anxiety, sorry, public I, well, social anxiety. The uh, idea of this segment was coming from like to discuss when things happen in public was a starting point, which doesn't make sense or it is a term, but it came out of like what happens for your mental health when you're in public what do you do if you can feel like a anxiety attack or a depressive attack or just anything coming on in a place where you can't just go home and deal with it like a lot of my depression just happens in my room but i'm way more thinking about here the effects of anything in public any coping mechanisms any advice or just stories and that's that's what we're going to talk about for today's topic ding good good intro of the topic there thank you i i i was just a round of applause. <laughs> I can't applaud, but I don't. I don't think it would sound good coming through the mic. But I will snap my fingers. Apparently, <laughs> that sounds good, right? It's like uh, it's like primary school when applause was too loud, so you just had to wave your arms. What? Wait, did you never have something like this? No, because <laughs> we weren't we? namby pamby. <laughs> They'd get really annoyed. So in primary school, they get really annoyed when you just like make a lot of noise. So you can't clap everybody because that's too rowdy. You have to like wave your arms or make a silent whooshing sound. These are some of the things I've seen. 
Oh, that's strange. I mean, I guess it would be good for kids that have, like, noise sensitivity. That's not what it's for. It's because a kid should be seen and not heard, or seen and heard, but not making clapping sounds. They should make a whooshing sound. That's one of the things. The school my sister is, like, doing an experience part at, they they just go, whoosh, to, to clap the person. Oh, is she doing, like, a practicum? Is she going to be a teacher? Uh, yeah, she she is doing a degree, uh, like a postgraduate thing, to become a teacher in special needs. I almost did that. I didn't do uh, special uh, education. I did language arts for oh, nice. uh, grades s- 7 through 12. Nice. My sister's so ridiculously overqualified for this already, because my mum does this, and she's just basically gone into work with that school for at least five years already so she's set for life that's pretty cool though she's got I'm the so in. jealous she's probably gonna get a job right away i know imagine that i know what, what is that like <laughs> what is that like so it's... social anxiety <laughs> oh yeah so you said most of your anxiety takes place in your bedroom well, most of my depression takes place in my bedroom I but mean, like when your I... anxiety is it only when like you have private anxiety oh sure but when i talk about myself as a person with mental health issues i tend to talk about them in this closed off way that's like how they affect me and internalize them i rarely talk about the effects of when i'm in public this is difficult and this is how i have to cope with it i talk about like the high level things going on in my brain not the here's how i'm able to go on a bus what's difficult talk about it now is the time now's the time yeah uh for for me um i struggle a lot with like uh, public transport because it represents one a loss of control uh and i have asperger's syndrome and when things get out of control it, it's very difficult to like cope with the uncertainty and public transport is a big trigger for me so i have to be very careful whenever i go on like a bus or a train but you like have to take the bus everywhere Yep. Oh my Can't goodness. Drive. No, I know. It's it's. A, I live in London, so <laughs> ain't nothing I can do. But how do you cope? Oh, I don't. I, I mean, I do. I just it. Well, I don't like, have Mary. You don't like when you're not having a panic attack, but you're on the bus or the train. Like, what prevents that panic attack? Uh, I li- listen to podcasts try to like go retreat into my own world why while we're going about our day that's a good idea uh, like having music in your ears or mm-hmm. yeah something to listen to do you bring like a book or a 3ds I can't bring a book. no no i can't i can't take anything out okay it's i i could read if it's like a long train journey but if it's on the bus one there's no time Two, I've got a podcast, and three, it's, I don't want to bring stuff out because everyone's really close to me. I get, I get really anxious when people uh, get close to me and invade my personal space. What's the um, thought process that comes into it? Are you afraid of being touched, or are you afraid of someone like hurting you? Like, uh... I just feel trapped. Okay, so it's a, it's like a claustrophobic. Yeah. Uh... I'm... I don't think I am claustrophobic. Maybe I am, but I don't. I don't think I am. But in those situations when there's like loads of people really close to me, I just feel the energy being zapped out of my body. Does it make it hard to breathe? Yeah, that's scary. Mm-hmm. I often, I often get hard to breathe. It's, oh, it's bad. 
Yeah. What What about? I feel like I'm dominating this. What about you? Well, what I was you? asking you questions about it because I feel like mm-hmm. yours is uh, definitely more outward in the way that it, it. It's definitely really obvious. Like if I was in the train or if I was on the train with you, I would probably if I just saw you, I'd be like, "Oh, that guy looks uncomfortable." Like. I assume you'd look visibly uncomfortable. Yep, there's lots of situations where that's happened. Uh, people just look away. <laughs> well, the, uh, and mine is more, I think I'm, like, I cover it up. Because most of mine aren't, it's not exactly being in public. And I don't even know if I would classify this as public anxiety. But when I am anxious in front of others, it's usually, like, interpersonal interactions that make me anxious. Yeah. Like, having to call someone on the phone makes me anxious even if it's somebody i've talked to before or even if i have a really urgent thing that i need to call about like a today i had to call a pharmacy about a thing and that made me uncomfortable and like anytime i have to call anyone or leave a message i have to pre-write what i'm gonna say before i make the call or else i just get really really uncomfortable and then like being out in public uh and having to interact with like uh you know, like somebody, like a waitress or a or a server, I guess I should say, or like a barista. Like I don't know, those make me anxious because I'm always afraid I'm gonna like, I don't know, like freak them out. Like I'm afraid of them like being weirded out by me, which yeah. is kind of a twist on what you were saying. And then like I'm okay with crowds, I'm okay with strangers because I can just talk to them or whatever, but. I've found that, like, sometimes when I'm out with friends, I start getting it in my head that, like, I'm not wanted uh-huh. or I need to, like, I'm doing something wrong. So then I'm just really uncomfortable the whole time. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's if it's one-on-one, I'm usually okay. But if it's, like, a big group, I have this urge where I feel like I have to put on a... Oh, yeah. Like a performance almost? Like a, I have to be yep. on. Like like I start making jokes. And, and and that, I think, is a form of being anxious. Mm-hmm. If I were comfortable, I'd just be my, comfortable. You know, I wouldn't do bits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. Because, like, when you're in a, when you're in a out place with people who maybe don't know you, but you're there with them and there's lots of them. Oh, and any number higher than two, I guess. Uh, like, I am used to being in the dynamic where I'm either not wanted or mocked or, like, just... Uh, th- that has got... I've learned that so many times that I'm falling into that space that I'm terrified I'm always there. Whereas mine is, like, it's all in my head. Like, I'm just, like, they're all thinking that you're ugly or that you smell yep. or mm-hmm. just weird... They're just I don't not even saying know it. where these things come from. Mm-hmm. It's it's really difficult being in like a big place with lots of people who uh, like it's. I can kind of cope when I can just in a crowd if I can just sip into the an- anonymity of everything and go about my day and move past the people. Uh, I struggle with public crowds for a completely different reason than anxiety. Uh, Share. Which... Oh, no, because it's just hard to be out with people. It's like the atmosphere of a crowd is hard for me. Because 
if it's the middle of the day, usually everyone's like they're out with the friends or the family and everyone's there and buying stuff and the atmosphere is generally a good thing and I feel so disconnected from it. Like, it just I feel very alone and sad whenever I go out and there's lots of people around me. That uh, sounds pretty terrible. So I try not to go out in times when everyone... Like, I don't go out much, as much on the weekends because on the weekends all the people are off work, all the families are in town. Whereas in the middle of the day I can usually kind of it's just people milling about on their own which is better for me to to not break down uh, but that's that's not anxiety that's depression yeah that's not this week's topic no I'm just, <laughs> you can talk about whatever you want half of this podcast is yours that's what i say to you i am so offended <laughs> this is the true. second and last episode <laughs> of the Goof Zone. Goodbye, Goofs. No. <laughs> uh, Went from the Goof Zone to the Truth Zone. Ooh. ooh. But, yeah. It's. I, I struggle being out with people, and I, I know lots of other people do. <laughs> from Matthew uh, if you may remember from just 20 minutes ago ah <laughs> uh, yes he of the zoners the zoners I, I'm gonna read this it's really long so I'm gonna try to 
truncate when needed. Uh, here's Matt. Here's his email. That's me being awkward and introing it. Hey, Zoners. First time listener. Long time writer here. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Such oh, a wit. What a, what a wit on him. Some topics on this... Or, excuse me. Some thoughts on this <laughs> topic. Blah, I can read. I have pretty bad social anxiety around other people, specifically in group settings where there's an expectation of being social. Parties are a big stressor for me, even when it's full of people I like. I've come up with a set of coping mechanisms that work pretty well, and I'll list them shortly. Uh, I think he meant, like, I'll list them here. One, make sure you actually want to go to this the, the, the social event. Most people will totally understand if you say no and send a nice email instead. Like, instead of, you know, going to the birthday party, send a birthday card. Or, instead of going to the baby shower just send a baby um that's just me those are my suggestions not matt's uh realistically though just park yourself in your phone bring a really mindless game that you can play in really short bursts but isn't stressful check twitter tweet a lot about what you're doing but try not to be explicit about how unhappy you are because people will be offended at that if they're also at the event and see your tweets later that's a good tip matt because uh you don't want to upset anybody but you also need to vent your discomfort i've done that i have done that before <laughs> i do it when i'm bored which is like no i, I mean specifically i've done the thing of jesus all these people suck <laughs> oh, found no. it later i know um, i know okay here's the next one to be fair all those people did suck oh well hey so you gotta tweet the truth man uh, I, truth I, to I, power. they wanted to stop me tweeting the truth uh, but I said no, no, no. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, have a safe person. I specifically have a lot of anxiety addressing more than one person at a time. So a lot of cross chatter or a busy dinner table is really awful for me. It's worth finding one person who can be your safe zone and who is at least aware of your anxieties. If it's a significant other, they're probably aware that you lean on them, or you can communicate that you need that, and they can check in and be the person you focus your attention on when you need recentering. Look for other quiet people you kind of know. They're probably in the same boat, and extreme introverts can usually identify their own kind. Get involved in a one-on-one talk to forget the rest of everybody. And I've seen this coping mechanism in action, and I think uh, he deploys it brilliantly. Because I try this. I'm bad at it, but I, I, w- I want to find the other people who don't want to be there. That's my goal in any situation like this. Right. You just kind of sidle up to them and go, yeah, I hate this too. Are you tweeting about it? Me too. What's your Twitter? <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you can nail that interaction, you're home free. Yeah. I was going to say about this specific situation. It's also kind of nice because that way you're not focusing on the things that are making you uncomfortable, you can kind of just zone in on one person and that'll be your like grounding point. Yeah. Um, there's a couple more left. At least inform the person who invited you to the public thing that you're anxious around crowds and can be kind of remote when dealing with it. Pretty much everyone is understanding about this sort of thing. That way, if someone who you don't know thinks you're being rude, when they passively aggressively remark about it to the person that brought you or invited you, they'll be able to do the heavy lifting the heavy lifting for you of informing that person that that's just what you do and you don't mean anything by it. Having to explain this to people is really exhausting, but most people won't confront you directly, so this fixes a lot of the problem. Be okay with saying no and leaving. 
Sometimes you just have to pull the trigger and bail, and that's okay. Express your regrets and go. Self-care and an early exit reads way better to everyone than being a trooper and glowering around a crowd of happy people. It might seem like the responsible thing to do, but you aren't doing anyone any favors. Uh, I've done this just also out of boredom, I think. Uh, but I think it's a good tool. Because if you're anxious and you really can't stand being in that party or being in that situation, it's okay to go home. Yeah. It's okay to exit. Why subject yourself to further discomfort? Mm-hmm. If you have to be social and you can't get out of it and aren't feeling it, lie. Half of social interaction with people you don't really know is about putting personas up against each other. So just focus on the idea of yourself you project out into the world. Be a fake you. The, be a fake you. The you you cultivate on Twitter or around your parents or something. And focus on maintaining that as a bit of play acting. It'll get you through things you otherwise couldn't. That's also called the fake it till you make it ploy. Mm-hmm. And I do that one a lot. Like I was out in a situation where I was with friends at a bar. But for some reason I just felt really uncomfortable and I felt like just nervous about being there. So I just, that's like my main method. I just kind of went deep down and just pretended that, you know, I was someone a little more extroverted and not nervous. Hopefully this helps someone. I've gotten better about groups through the past few years because of a combination of those these techniques. It doesn't always work, but it helps mitigate the stress and maybe allow you to find parts of the experience you enjoy, even if it's often stressful and frightening too. Anyway, good podcast. May your goofs be merry and bright, Matthew. Well, <laughs> that was a good, cool, deep email. Thank I appreciate it. Yeah. I think that those are really helpful tips. Maybe we can put them on our website or something. Maybe mm-hmm. repost them with Matt's Maybe. permission. Uh, we need a website first. Yeah, we're getting that set up. First. Don't <laughs> worry. I feel like when I'm uh, going to anything, I'm always faking. Like I've the the one thing I have learned is how to fake being okay, which is weird in some respects. Because it leads to a lot of resentment. Uh, but it is better than not being able to fake it at all. I I think it depends. Because, like, I don't really feel resentful as much as I just feel kind of... It's it's more exhausting than it is upsetting for me. Oh, for, for me, it's twin with, like... So I didn't, I, never, I, didn't, I didn't make friends at school very well. And no one liked me. And I was weird and whatever. And I learned to fake it. But I didn't lead to any like actual con- the connections in life i wanted it just let it just led to like people being less horrible to me so i just resent the fact that i had to learn to fake it at all when people could have just been kind like that's how that, that makes sense yeah i'm trying uh, to think like what were some of the other um i definitely think having like living in the age of cell phones is a great gift to the anxious person in public situations <laughs> my mother will always really yell at me for being on my phone too much tell uh, her it's uh, how you feel more comfortable otherwise you're just super freaked out you just have to explain i feel like it's 
she thinks it's unacceptable because you can't do that when you're with people. Everyone will think it's rude. But for most people our age, everyone's on their phone if they want to be and no one cares. Right. No one really cares. And there are situations where it is inappropriate. But like, like, okay, for instance, when you're having a conversation with somebody at a table, you shouldn't be on your phone because you're supposed to be having a conversation. But if you're just sitting there in silence, I don't see the big deal about checking stuff. Mm -hmm. And also, like... I mean, I, that's kind of a different thing. That's more of a, in general, and that opinion is mine. But if you're uncomfortable and you're using it to relieve the stress and kind of go into your own world so you don't have a panic attack, yeah. I think it's a valid thing to do. What else are you supposed to do? Just have the panic attack and then I don't know. embarrass yourself? I don't have know. to explain that? Like... I think you should tell her that you're doing it so you aren't, you know, panicked. It's not necessarily that you, you don't mean to be rude, you know, just prefix it with that. Mm -hmm. This is my coping mechanism. Exactly. And I think that's okay. Uh, She uh, would understand. Oh, she will. But I, (sighs) stuff with my mama, my mother goes deeper than that. There's a fun relationship, as is any parental relationship. Right. But I don't know, just... That's one situation where I think she would get it. I think she would be like, oh, I don't want you to freak out. <laughs> like, it's either this. People think either. I'd rather people think I'm rude than people think that I can't handle being out in public. Yeah. I don't know. It's it. Hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, the stuff in my situation, uh, come from a different place with her, but that's that's kind of irrelevant to this. Okay. Uh, I'm looking down, I'm looking down, Matt's helpful list. It's a super helpful list, I feel like. It's very logical in a way that I don't, I don't get logical about my coping mechanisms in this way. Well, I mean, you had a pretty good one with the retreating into the podcasts and kind of focusing on your own space. Like, I but think I, I don't, I don't think of it as a coping mechanism, I just do it. Well, I mean, that's what it is. Anything that gets you through something is a coping mechanism. Sure, but I don't have, like, a structure and a routine, and I don't I don't have the mental framework of catching myself and then going, okay, what am I meant to do now? I don't have that. Well, I mean, whatever you're doing, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you know that you're going to go out, you make sure you have podcasts, right? Uh-huh. You don't have to be super conscious conscious of it. You just do it, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, he said about extreme introverts. Yeah, I, one day we are going to have an introvert-extrovert episode, I feel like. I don't think it's... A, I used to think it was a dichotomy, and now I don't really see it as one. I think well, there's... <laughs> there's a... Like a circle of... I, I feel like... flat I circle, have if you will. Traits of... <laughs> you can't do that every segment. I, I know, but it amuses me. <laughs> just just get, let me have that one, and I'll leave let it at Let me have that. this one. Uh, Say goodbye I f- to the. Sometimes circle. I feel like uh, I'm both at the same time. Uh, this is with, for people who don't uh, know about how the relationship between me, Matt, and Destiny works. Sometimes I feel like with this stuff specifically, <laughs> I'm like a combination of both of you two, and you're arguing over which one of you I'm more like. Uh. Well, I mean, I don't... It's pretty great. It's I, pretty great. I try not to project myself onto you, but you seem like an extroverted person who just 
like has you know moments where they have to retreat within themselves because of circumstances mm-hmm. and whereas I, sorry where, what were you gonna say i was going to say uh oh the reason why i think matt is more conscious of these traits he has is because he's dating me yeah we're partners so like he's really really introverted when we first started dating or actually no when we first started hanging out like he would come into my room and he would just have to stand there and he uh you know kind of gather his bearings before he could comfortably hang out and i understood that even though like you know any other extrovert extrovert would be like man he's rude or something like that but i don't know i think like when we you know i'm a uh, i i almost said i'm a comedian i dabble in stand up <laughs> comedy i don't like calling myself a comedian cuz i don't do comedy enough but like i've been dabbling in stand up comedy on and off for like four three or four years now maybe five and so we go to a lot of comedy shows together and that's really hard for him so i think and i'm like miss social so when i see comedians i know i want to talk to them even though in the back of my mind i'm like they probably hate me uh but that's different and so he's uh, he's got a chance to put all of his stuff he's listed those coping skills into play mm -hmm. when he's out with me so i think that makes him more cognizant of them oh sure but i i feel like i am very similar to that i'm like i've been in places where i'm with a really social person and i don't want to go i just don't want to talk to anyone i don't know these people i shut down like i have traits of both introvert and extrovert i think everybody does but some people are just you know sure i just i just more think it's funny that i'm like similar to both of you yeah and how that plays out in our uh, joint friendship is our dynamic cool. yeah yeah it's pretty I, I, like i feel like i came off as like making fun of you or accusing you of stuff which i don't i just think it's funny think oh it's no cute. it's okay i think i think it's funny um i was also gonna say i am an extreme extrovert but i have ex- i have introverted moments i feel like i definitely was an introverted child mm-hmm. i remember taking the myers-briggs as a um maybe a 15-year-old, probably a little younger, and I, w- I actually charted as an introvert. I was an INFP, and now I am an ENFP. Like, I took it again as an adult, like, in my 20s, and that's what I got. So, I- and I remember being in third grade and barely speaking above a whisper, and my teachers being worried about it, and now I'm, like, this brash, loudmouth person. I'm gr- mm-hmm. I'm gross and gauche. Yeah, I I was I still am super quiet when I first meet people. Like I don't like opening up or being ridiculous. But when you know me, I'm the most ridiculous person. I think it's just a thing about being comfortable around people. Like if I'm not uncomfortable around you, it's pretty obvious because I'll like even if I don't know who you are and we just start talking in a line or something, it's because I feel like you're not gonna stab me or think yeah. that I'm weird. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I don't talk to people in lines. I mean, I feel like we've we've changed this topic into introvert and extrovert by accident. Whoops. Whoops. Well, I mean, it was just it kind of ties into public anxiety yeah. in the sense that you express it differently when you're in an introverted mood versus an extroverted mood. Mm-hmm. Well, I often shut down and like don't when I get anxious in public, but I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to see anyone. 
I just need to be on my own and go home and sleep or do something else before I can even have another person to interact with. What's uh, hard? Oh, go on. Which, when I'm in public or I have to talk, talk to people, I have to, like, like say, make a phone call or something. It, it, it takes a lot of energy to just make one interaction with any human being in public if I don't want to do it. If even, if I, even if they are someone I'm, like, looking forward to seeing, it takes a lot out of me. I understand that. I was going to uh, say, I have moments where, like, I'll be upset about something and it builds up. Like, I'll get really anxious about a bunch of little stuff in my life. Yeah. But I'll be sitting at my desk at work so I can't exactly cry. Yeah. Or go, you know, like, I'll try to go to the bathroom and, like, have it out in there. But I work in a production field. I'm a title analyst. And we have to do a certain amount of reports reports per hour. So, like, we only get two breaks a day. So I can't get up every time I'm upset, and that is sometimes a problem. Mm-hmm. And I've I have cried at my desk for various reasons. Luckily, like early in the morning when no one's there, because I sit in a pod with three other people, and I don't want them to see me upset, because then I would have to talk about things, and yeah. they don't know that part of me. So that would be really hard. So here's mm-hmm. hoping the streak continues of early morning breakdowns as opposed to 3pm breakdowns <laughs> so you gotta have the broadcast news school of breakdowns where you cry for like 30 seconds power cry in your car Power cry- holly hunter power cries are really really helpful <laughs> there it's a true way of living I think so I think what an inspiring movie yeah broadcast news is really great uh, it's good it's the first movie into the goof zone canon is it broadcast news? Yeah, apparently. Oh, fancy that. That's great. What a what a great what a great first movie. Yeah, what a lovely start to this uh, list you just came up with off the top of your head. <laughs> it may be the we may forget about it, and thus the canon shall only remain. Well, hey, one if you have, if you have suggestions, broadcast news. If you have a suggestion for the Goob Zone canon, you should uh shoot us an email. Mm-hmm. What's our Fire. email address? It's a uh, goofzone at gmail dot com. See, look how I did that. I made it happen. You made it happen. It's a thing now. A (laughs) thing. A a thing. We did it. High five. Mm. Was that a high five? Uh, yeah. I probably missed.
All right. Here are your questions. We got these before we recorded our first episode, and we thought it would be nice to just give them a nice section so we could, you know, give give uh, give them the answers that they deserve, the quality answers that they deserve within a reasonable amount of time because we don't want these episodes to be super long. Mm-hmm. All right, so first question is from a- Zaya. Oh, sorry. Uh, her name's Zaya. Okay. I, I, yeah. She okay with her name being said on the podcast? Yes. All right. How do you guys feel about identifying with depression as a clinical label, i.e. going from I am depressed right now slash I have depression to I am a person with a major depressive disorder? Do you want to give that a shot? I don't know. I feel like once I got an actual clinical diagnosis and I was like, like it took me a second to kind of let it sink in, but it wasn't really surprising. So identifying that way does not necessarily bother me because mm-hmm. it, it even though it feels like you know sad when you think oh this is something i'm going to be dealing with for the rest of my life you also know that like well there are people who you're not alone so it feels less daunting and it also kind of lets you forgive yourself for a lot of things that you might have thought of as flaws when you were just in a bad mood or when you thought it was just a regular short-term bad mood mm-hmm. at least that's I'm, how I'm, i kind of feel about yeah, it i i go to like i have this me- medical thing to explain to myself and others why things are harder for me right like when i can't get on the bus without having a panic attack if it is late or like if I miss it or if everything goes wrong I say I have been these are the diagnoses I have it is medically proven why this is happening it doesn't make me a terrible person yep and that's how I talk to myself too or at least I try to it's not always easy but that's the usual script that I write for myself yeah Alright, do you want to read the next question? Oh, and thank sure. you, by the way, for sending that question yeah. in. Thank you very much for sending the question in, Zaya. Uh, if anyone else has more questions, send them to goofzone at gmail.com. We'll read them and we'll answer them. Uh, we sure will. We sure will, definitely. We sure will. Yes, we will. This is next question. From oh my Dylan Schneider. That's a scary voice. This is my voice now. <laughs> I talk like this to communicate. With the lands of men. What is it supposed to be? I don't know. You sound like a tiny little sad, like, gnome. <laughs> All the other gnomes have left me. Aww. No one buys gnomes anymore. Aww. It sounds like you said no one bathes gnomes anymore. All the, that. The sad, stinky gnome. <laughs> 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 he sneaks up his home. The garden is so empty now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Dylan. Dylan wrote in. He said, I find the idea of going to a therapist very intimidating and I've attempted to go through the process of booking one twice, both time with assistance to my partner, but I didn't end up going through with it. As a result, I'm one of the 8 billion people uh, with self-diagnosed anxiety. What should I do? Dylan, you can do it. Just take a deep breath, make a list of all the things you want to say to the doctor, the questions you have, 
bring a friend or bring your partner and get in there and get that uh get that therapy appointment booked because uh once you get that over with you'll feel so much better you'll feel relief you won't have it hanging over your head it won't feel like a um you know this this dreadful thing that you keep putting off it'll be like oh accomplishment all right now i got to move on to the next thing to focus on and you'll see once you get in there like you can actually talk about those fears because a lot of people feel that way i mean i didn't go for years because i was like well that means you know i'm really crazy or i'm i can't help myself and that's bad but really helping yourself is the best thing you can do when when you realize that it's something that you need to have help with anxiety is scary so no need to go through that alone yeah uh i don't have like advice for the specifics because my uh my situation is not a good one to take advice from in this circumstance because uh i've i'm trapped in the awful hell labyrinthian hell that is the british medical mental health system but like you also Uh, have a similar situation where you you know you have a phone call you could make but you're putting it off for various reasons. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> I have a history of do. I've I've done therapy over and over again, and it's either been terrible or not helped or made things worse or have been with awful people or fell through because of like um, bureaucracy problems. Like, so at the my same interactions time, with these systems is has this negative feedback loop. But you're not against going to them for yourself. Like you want to go back to therapy. Yeah, but at this point, I I like I get these appointments and I go to them, and I can't. I don't get invested in them anymore. They're just so you things don't want to do therapy. They're just things I do. I get the appointment and I go, and I just think here's another appointment to go to. Well, here's something. Like, I've, been, I've been doing it that long. The that's what they've become. All right. Well, well, that'll be a topic for an, another conversation because I'd I'd like to go into that more. But I yeah. I really think with this question, he yeah. should try his best to just do it because once it's done he'll have that he won't have that itchy sensation of like when is this gonna not be a thing anymore mm-hmm. should we answer steven's question um no steven asked how many cups of sugar does it take to get to the moon we're not gonna tell you because we don't like that question hate you steven Hey so much. Stop it, Steven. Damn it, Steven. Nah, Steven's alright. His brand of shitposting is one of the best on Twitter. Okay, well, cool. Way to go, Steven. But we're still not going to tell you how many cups of sugar it takes to get to the moon. Ollie Jeffrey asks, what do you think drives the tendency to people to people cl- for people to claim conditions they do not have? Like when people say, oh, I'm so OCD about this, or using autistic to mean good memory, etc. Uh, it gives an example of a Guardian article that sticks in the mind that says men are naturally autistic about Star Wars. It's bit, they're gross and bad and use mental illness as like a just descriptor based on things they don't understand. I don't even think... I definitely agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I wouldn't even call it claiming to have a condition they don't have as much as it's like using the condition or the disorder or the syndrome as a stand-in for like certain behaviors or characteristics like saying oh I'm also I'm so OCD about 
you know, my room being clean, when you don't actually have obsessive compulsive disorder, you really are just saying, why don't you just say, I'm, you know, really diligent about keeping my room clean. And I think there's like a humor behind it. Like people think, oh, it's funny. Yeah, I don't actually and it's understand not. it. Yeah, like, like I, it, uh, the actual reality of OCD and autism, like there's something funny about that struggle. Like, I, I assume it's just, the, I don't know what the joke is. Like, is the joke, here is these characteristics I know that are associated with this real thing by associating it to, to me that is funny? Like, I don't get like, it. Like, oh, aren't I crazy? I'm so OCD. Like, that's kind of the joke. And... Yeah, but it feels like similar to someone saying, like, oh, today I, I, I uh, went on Tumblr like a woman. Like, Yeah, no, it's it's kind of on similar grounds if like mm-hmm. maybe not exactly but it is no, a sort exactly of a it's kind of a gross catch-all thing and yeah like taking this thing this character this like real thing the they are that ruins identity well no i like the similarity comes from taking a thing that is an, just an identity that's all that is it is a descriptor of a person it doesn't mean anything for worth and turning it through this humor twisted him or whatever into basically a derisive statement of worth for the person whose identity they're taking yeah that's kind of it it's it's really really troubling mm. i don't care for it and also that guardian i hope that guardian statement was retracted or they apologized for it probably not saying that men are naturally autistic about star wars is like problematic in about 30 different ways mm-hmm. it's uh, i also have a weird relationship with this because of my mother uh, because she works with um, autistic children. So she will often say things like that. Uh, like, Jackson, you're being ridiculously autistic today. And I am, technically on the spectrum, I guess. Uh, like, that's, what here? that's like a... <laughs> like, that's different. That comes from a place of understanding... Well, she I don't know. maybe it's still. It's, kind it's, of I don't think it's the same thing because no. one, you you live with autism and she's your mom, but it isn't a necessarily. I'll I'll call her out. I don't know if that's the best way to address your issues, but I don't no. think it's related to the thing that uh, uh, Ollie Jeffrey brings up. Yeah, but she'll deal with like other people as well uh, that don't ha- uh, live with autism. Well, at least that she doesn't know. Like, she will uh, diagnose other people sometimes. Oh, specialists oh, that's... do that, yeah. Yeah, like, that's more than what that is. And that comes from a place of, over, not over, but, like, really understanding it. Like, I think I know. No and it's kind of presumptuous, though, to just it's watch the guy on TV I mean, and then go, whoop, he's got that. It comes from a different harmful place, but I don't think it's a different thing. But I thought I should bring it up. Yeah, no, it's interesting, definitely. But yeah, no, people saying I'm a, I'm so OCD or uh, in my house I'm called a hoarder because I have a lot of clutter. Like that's not hoarding. <sighs> hoarding is actually really <sighs> debilitating and horrible. I'm just, you know, I just need to move out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like don't call me a hoarder. That's not uh, nice to people who actually live with that problem. Mm-hmm. Next question. Oh, sorry. Question. Were you gonna say something else? Nope. Next question's from Ryan Prasad. He's got like a cluster. Oh wait, uh, he's got he's got uh, two two semi- two goose questions, two first. goose questions, and then one zone question. 
One, is the goof zone a physical place or a concept? Or is it like the Black Lodge in Twin Peaks, where they're, uh, where it's some other realm? It's next to Shelbyville. Yep. Uh, number two. What are, the, <laughs> what are the rules of the goof zone? Are there no rules since it's called the goof zone? Rule number there one. There are lots of rules. The goof zone has very many rules. Uh, the goof zone is not a place of do what you want ridiculousness. You have to, there are rules set out to be respectful. No, uh, uh, one, being open. Two, being, like, not judging what other people say. Allowing it to be a safe space is it's important. It's a safe space. Yes, it safe is. safe space. Basically, we, we do have rules, and maybe one day we will write them out. Yeah, but we should it, sort that out off the mic and get yeah. back to you. Because that's we actually a good question. Well, because... So far, the only rules are, like, we both picked the music from here on <laughs> out, because he picked the music last week, and... The music's good. Shut up. <laughs> there was one good song in there. Two. Two good songs in there. Uh, and also, the other there's one three is... three good songs in there. What are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, keep this up. Avril Lavigne's going in this thing, and I will quit never the podcast. I will quit the podcast and our friendship. <laughs> that is my only uh, deal breaker. Oh, so here's Ryan's actual serious question. I've been thinking a lot about ways to cope with my anxiety and depression. I usually cope by watching some videos online or by playing a game. By the way, Ryan, those are really good coping mechanisms, uh, but it doesn't always work. Lately, I found that the easiest way to make myself feel better is by talking to other people, yet I have awful social anxiety. I often assume that no one wants to talk to me and that I would be wasting their time by trying to start a conversation out of the blue. And he claims he's not good at holding conversations, uh, or at least that's how he feels. I'm sorry, I don't mean to invalidate that. Um, Let's see. He feels bad for bothering people when he um, wants to, when he gets the urge to go to people for help. And he feels like he's using them too much as a crutch so that they end up not messaging him back. Or if they're not able to start a conversation, he feels worse and feels like they're ignoring him. It leaves him to rethink his entire relationship with that person. Hmm. Have we ever had the same problem? And if so, what have we done to help the situation? All the time. Oh my god, all the time, Ryan. Yeah, this is like kind of what we were talking about earlier like i get it a lot where i feel like i'm bothering someone even like yesterday when jackson was upset and we were talking about some of the stuff he was worried about he kept saying oh i feel bad for even bringing this up because i feel like i bring this up all the time and i shouldn't be relying on you for this advice and like but the thing is i think if you're honest as long as you feel comfortable around these people like you definitely don't want to just bring this stuff up to anyone but if there's somebody that you know that would actually be a helpful ear and that could help you out just be direct and be honest and tell them you know this is really hard for me and i have a lot of worries and you know and also your friend they should understand or at least you can talk to them and they'll understand that you know, you need some cheering up or you need a distraction. I think it's okay to ask for that. There's nothing wrong with asking for that. But yeah, I think that's a good question, Ryan. I, I struggle with that stuff too. So does Destiny, we both. That's like a real thing. So uh, I don't think you're worrying too much about this, even though you definitely are. Like, it's not a worry you should have, but I understand it and it's a common one. So you shouldn't feel guilty for having the worry. Like, never feel guilty. And never that. feel guilty for wanting help yeah, or exactly. putting yourself out there to ask for help. Because 
the the difficulty is difficult enough. We don't just need to add difficulty by giving ourselves guilt and complexes over it, which is what I do. That's a common too. thing. Yeah, but we don't need to. Yeah, don't pile more anxiety on yourself. Just do your best. And if you're being a crutch or if you're bothering someone, they should be a friend enough to tell you. And you're probably not. I'm going to lean on the assumption that they are not going to feel bothered or tell you that they're, you know, uh, afraid of being codependent with you or something. Like, they're going to say, oh, I'm glad you came to me with this, that you trusted me enough to talk about this with me. Yeah. And if they aren't, you know, maybe it's not because of you, it's because they don't feel equipped to talk about these problems. And you just got to find that friend that's willing to do that. Exactly. I wouldn't take it personally. You got this, Ryan. We're rooting for you. We're rooting for you. And you know what? You can always talk to us. Hell yeah. We're we're here for you. Yes, we are. We totally want to listen. And, uh, you know, if you need advice, we're here for that too. We're not professionals, but we are friends. We're professional friends. Our advisors are waiting from your call. <laughs> Call in. We're Call waiting. In today. Isn't that that's the line? Our operators are standing by. I don't know. Yeah, our operators yeah. are standing by. I was doing the classic like phone sex. Yeah, no, I, I know. Oh, uh, someone with a lot of experience. Men are waiting for your call. <laughs> uh, Hot redhead <laughs> action. God damn it, Destiny! Mm. I'd be the worst phone sex employee ever. Oh baby, oh baby. <laughs> that's not my voice. I know. I was quoting Rocco's Modern Life. Okay. So that was a really bad Australian accent. <laughs> oh baby, oh baby, oh baby! Welcome to the phone line. Please call for any of your arousal needs. <laughs> your arousal needs. <laughs> uh, we deal in a sexual arousal. Uh, Bit issues. Arousal of uh, passion in St- other areas. Stimulation. Stimulation. Uh, ar- ar- arousal of uh, crowds. Sex. <laughs> I was trying really hard to take it away from sex. I was like, uh, what else can be aroused? Like a sense anger. of rebe- uh, anger. Uh, and you were like, boning. <laughs> <laughs> Cool for we're... the bone in. I think we're done. The bone phone. The bone. Uh, cool the bone phone today. <laughs> Put it up your butt. <laughs> oh my god. Oh well. well that, that's been a goop zone. Oh, uh, this is how goop zone ends. Nope. Not with a bang, but with a bone. We were going to do positive things. But... Oh, I have a positive thing. What? Yeah, I, 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 yeah. What's your positive thing? My positive thing is that uh, I got through this stressful week of stress. And, uh, you know, I, I did some journaling, which I hadn't been able to do for a really long time. And I've got some ideas for some art projects. And um, I'm pretty excited about the future. Nice. What about That's you? Cool. Uh, my positive thing 
I went more specific this week has been uh, 99% Invisible, the podcast. It's made me feel a lot better about things. Awesome. That's a great design podcast. But it's it's less that. It's more the fact that I get depressed about these things. I get very inside my own head. I feel hopeless a lot of the time. And that show specifically has this attitude of wonder, which sometimes gets poisoned into something I feel like San Francisco TED Talk grossness and uncritical kind of capitalist thinking but for the most part it's this super wondrous podcast about these like little like finding interest in the parts of life that you usually ignore and that like that really helps me and makes me feel like i felt when i was depressed and just going home and watching tng at night as a coping mechanism which also has that effect of like i watch tng and i'm like i'm gonna go do some public service oh i like, love stuff like that like art in your life that makes you want to do stuff yeah uh, and that, that's what I associate with Star Trek, and this has a bit of that as well. So, <laughs> that's my positive thing! Yeah, we're going to try to always end the episode on a positive note. Positive thing! Yep. Find me at FridgeBuzzNow on Twitter. Um, also, I have a podcast with Rhea Dauhauer called Badland Girls. You can find that on iTunes or at badlandgirls.com. We also have a Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter. Um, also, I... No, you know what? That's that's it. I have a book club, and we do a podcast called Books for Crooks. It's booksforcrooks.tumblr.com. But, uh, you know, I don't know. You, I guess I can plug that. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I am at Headfuls Off on twitter if you want to find anything i do please go to headfulsoff.com i keep it all there uh two other things are trash Spect ratio a cast with uh destiny matt and kyle we talk about movies and abnormal mapping with destiny and matt where we talk about video games what yes. we're all on everything and we've apparently we've become uh one day we'll just put these into a podcast network and be like this is a combined thing we do together i know it's but, weird how we're like all yep just in this yeah there's like a bunch of things uh if you do want the similar thing to that every single one i'm on is on the feed at headfalls off you can find it on itunes by searching podcast dash headfalls off uh, that's the only way i can get it to format squarespace is bad I, that's all i can do but that's how uh that works and it'll give you a just a whole single feed of all the things to do one day we'll figure out how to arrange all this but it's cool we do a lot of cool podcasts yeah yeah we do all right we made it to the end we did it of the show second episode how do you feel good me i'm hungry oh me too oh oh i ate the final bit of my easter egg today it's gone you still had easter candy yeah was it good no. Oh, Jackson. It was all that was left. <laughs> could, this have, could this have ended on any more of a hopeless note? Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty sad. <laughs> that's pretty t- I enjoyed it. <laughs> the, the chocolate. I mean, the bad chocolate. I enjoyed the bad chocolate. Oh, well, I'm proud, I guess. But no, I'm actually kind of ashamed. On your behalf. <laughs> I was things were looking up, but I guess they're not. I'm ending the podcast now. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Trouble.